Welcome to Obey Your Strengths with Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, Kathy Kirsten. Hey there, Strengths fans. I'm popping in your earbuds to bring you a three-part mini-series highlighting one of my favorite strengths themes and a few female leaders who have it in their top five. We're talking to Chicks with Command, the bold, decisive, and direct command. It's a rare strength, one of the least dominant in the Gallup database. I admire and even have a little strengths envy for female leaders with command. I want to learn from them, be inspired, and maybe even walk away with a few command-like skills that I can use in my own leadership. So thanks for joining us. We're talking to Chicks with Command. And before we start the episode, I want to give a shout out to Strengths Evangelist and San Antonio listener, Yesenia. Thank you, Yesenia, for listening to every episode of Obey Your Strengths and sending me feedback and encouragement. You're the best. The views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the official policy or position of the U.S. Army, Department of Defense, or the U.S. government. Well, hi, Dr. Allison Wiesenthal. Welcome to the Obey Your Strengths podcast. Thank you, Kathy. I'm so thrilled that you agreed to be on my Chicks with Command mini-series. You've got command in your top five. Sure do. And you're unapologetic about it, right? That's right. (laughs) Well, thank you. My hope with this podcast series is to explore the command strength through the lens of a female leader. And so I so appreciate you lending your stories to our podcast and sharing your experiences with your strength of command. Uh, But first, tell us a little bit about you. Who are you and what do you do? I am Allison Wiesenthal, and I'm the Chief of Palliative Care at Brook Army Medical Center, and I'm the Deputy Chief of the Department of Rehabilitation. Tell us what palliative care is. Got tissues. So uh-huh. um, palliative care is care for people with serious or life-limiting illness, and it can be delivered at any stage of disease. And for the most part, we help people feel better. And it's not about, you know, impacting the disease. It's about impacting the person's quality of life and impacting the family's quality of life and helping them live well. Mm, what a wonderful job. What a beautiful thing to do for another human being. Thank you. And your other role? The deputy chief of the Department of Rehabilitation. And I can see how your command might add to that important work that you do. I think command loves titles, so (laughs) (laughs) So I am excited to continue to add titles to my name. (laughs) Well, you definitely do a lot in the community, not just at your work, but also in the community, because that's how I met you. So let's let's go back a couple of years. How I met you was through Junior League of San Antonio Mm -hmm. when I was doing some work and consulting work, doing some leadership training with your group. And I will never forget the day that I met you because we were doing a fun get-to-know-each-other activity. And I believe we were playing Strengths Bingo. Mm -hmm. Was that it? Yes. And out of 120 women, you finished first and you let everybody know it. Competition number one. (laughs) Do you remember that day? I do. And you said, what's your first strength? I said, competition. (laughs) And you were the winner. And it was awesome. Well, let's talk about your other top five. That uh, So you have competition. You have restorative right? Intellection, learner, 
and command. Can you tell us just a little bit about each of those strengths? Um, restorative, a sense of calmness is really helpful to me mm-hmm. in my job where there is no calm. It's kind of all chaos when you walk into a room of somebody with serious or life-limiting illness or patients at the end of life. Like It is incredibly chaotic for everybody in their heads and their hearts. And so to have um, the ability to create order there and to create calm is very helpful. And um, the next one, intellection, able to explain things in simple terms is also really important for my job where I can take kind of a very complex medical picture and just explain it in very plain terms to where people can understand, you know, where they are and how they can get the best care now without the jargon and things that can kind of complicate the picture. So I think intellection is really helpful for me in that. Learner, inquisitive mind is is so important with uh, medicine as well because you always have to be learning because things are always changing. What you learned last week might not be what you have to do next week, and it just might be completely off. So mm-hmm. being open to change and open to always being a forever learner is really important. Competition is my number one and I think probably my best and worst trait. <laughs> I, I strive uh, to be the winner at, you know, and sometimes there's not a clear winner in things, but I will kind of find a way to... <laughs> you will set up the metrics so there is. set up the metrics so there is. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. And tell us about your command. My command is, I think, one of the things that guides me to continue to lead. I love coming into something and not to say being in charge, I do enjoy being in charge, but it's not about, you know, the power. It's about being able to bring people from point A to point B and bring them there ethically and, you know, holistically and have a growth mindset. And BAMC has a much a much quicker way to advance people because it is such a young set of physicians because the military is young. And so it was amazing to be able to step into a leadership role right away. And I was like, this is exactly what I want, the ability to have that big impact and kind of have my vision followed through with my leadership. Tell me about the first time you read your Strengths Finder report and you saw command. I have always known that I'm a take charge person. And so when I saw that, I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense. What I was surprised by was that it was rare. As a matter of fact, out of 21 million people who have taken the Strengths Finder, command falls in the bottom two wow. of dominance of those folks who have taken it. Hmm. So it is rare. And, that, and that's the genesis of the idea of Chicks with Command is that there's not a lot of command walking around in males or females. Mm-hmm. And there's a smaller slice walking around in females. And I'm intrigued by it because it's such a strength. And it, and I think that all of us can be strong women. Right. But strong women that have presence, mm-hmm. guide decisions, bring calm to confusion, and draw clarity for people. 
What did command look like in your younger years? The story that I think of is mostly because the Mr. Rogers movie just came out, but he has this song that's Be Brave and Then Be Strong. Mm-hmm. And I would I would dance around the house like in a march saying like, be brave and then be strong. And you can't go wrong if you are right. <gasps> Keep your head up tight. You um, knew the song? Be brave and be strong. And, and I think it <laughs> reminds me of command when I think of that because it's kind of all about when you know something is right, that you have to stand up for it. And I think for me, that's always been, like, even if it's unpopular and if I see an injustice, I want to write it and I will be that one person in the room to stand up and say, no, that's not okay. Sometimes command gets coined as a truth teller. Mm-hmm. Do you see yourself as being that too? Not just having a stand, taking a stand, but also giving light to the truth. I do, and I also think more than giving light to it, being able to see like a deeper truth within a large pool of data to be able to just like say, okay, but this is like the one thing that we need to take away from this situation, and this is what is helpful for us, and this is how we can move forward with this info. Do you have a story or an example to help paint that picture more clearly for us? So you'll have a a scenario where somebody is critically ill and they have, you know, 950 things going wrong with them and, you know, people can't really see a way forward. And I can come in and take all the pieces of data. You were really hoping that, you know, your husband could make it to your 50th anniversary and that's five days away. And your medical team was really hoping they'd be able to you know, make your lungs work again, and they haven't been able to get there. How can we work together to meet both of those goals, knowing the limitations that we have? And that example, it draws so many um, memories in my mind as a strengths coach of command, putting the facts on the table. Mm -hmm. Those of us who don't have command, it's hard for us to see the facts Mm -hmm. um, uh, among a lot of emotion. Exactly. It's so refreshing to hear the command strength or talent help draw the facts out and put them on the table so you can make realistic decisions on them. And I see it happening all on on teams as well. Do you, by chance, are you on a team? We have social work, um, nursing, chaplaincy, pharmacy, and we all work together to help people feel better. And so many times do you see your command coming out as a talent theme on a team where you're helping draw out all the unique facts? I do. And at the same time for what we do, I try to kind of scale it back because I want everybody to know that their involvement, whatever they have to add, is equal to mm-hmm. what what I'm bringing to the table. So I kind of try to scale back my command to not overpower or demunize. Is that mm-hmm. a word? Diminish. It is now. Diminish. Thank you. <laughs> um, other people's contributions to the conversation. I think out of any of the strengths of the of the 34 strengths in StrengthsFinder, mm-hmm. command is the one that has to be managed most closely like that because it's yeah. an intensity, right? Mm-hmm. Command resides in the influencing theme. So you need other people. You need to move people. You need to direct and guide people. I mean, how do you have such clarity of the way people should move? 
when I was younger, obviously, it seems kind of like ridiculous to think that at a certain age that you should be able to know where people should move. And I I see myself as I get older that people are more okay with it. Like it's like, oh, okay, fine. Like she probably knows what she's doing. Command is not shy right, of telling others what to do. I think influencing others is one of the most powerful parts of command that you you really have to have, you know, the character to back it up because when you are able to move people, you have to be moving them in the right direction. I really enjoy being able to move people in a positive direction, you know, being on the board of the Junior League, helping kind of bring back that I like to say like feminism forward, like mm-hmm. women are great. That's mm-hmm. the way I view feminism, not you know, it's like a political standpoint, but obviously there is. But it's just like women are great and women support women. And how can we kind of center ourselves around that and let kind of everything else be background noise? How has your command evolved through the years and how have you grown professionally? Feedback has been one of the most important things for me, listening to my team members you kind of know on your own end what your end product is and how you got there. And you're like, that's great. That's fine. Here I am. Perfect. Thanks. And ensuring that everybody along the way is feeling positive about how you got there. Every time I, you know, had employees change, I would say, you know, what can I do better for next time? And one of my secretaries said, every time you ask me to do something, it feels like three seconds later you ask me if it's done. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's really good feedback because I just, I'm a very now person and, you know, not everybody is. And, you know, learning to roll with that, being okay. My nurse said, every time you're done talking with me, I feel like you hang up on me because you're just like, okay, thanks, bye. That came up in command a lot that sometimes you can be thought of as abrupt. I value efficiency. So once the information has been shared. I'm like, okay, we're we're done. So getting that emotional intelligence aspect to command has been very valuable for me, learning to see how you might be perceived on the other end, knowing that you can adjust yourself to help people feel more included in the decisions that you're making. Mm. Okay, I know how I want to get there. I can pull you along with me, and instead, let's see if we can all sit down together, collaborate to come to a a decision on what works for all of us and feel like we're working towards a united goal. At the same time, Mm -hmm. one of the activities we did was looking at a list of of facts, facts in quotation marks, and and determining an outcome based on those facts. And okay. so you first you do it by yourself, and then you do it as a team. And when we did it as a team, everybody, like, decided that the facts were the way I decided. And I felt really bad because I was like, oh, no, here I am thinking I'm a collaborator. But in the end, like, all I do is, like, bend people towards my will. And... <laughs> I think that also has a little to do with command is that and it's a it's a risk with command is that you you do assume that you kind of know what's best 
and want to pull people in that direction. And it might be more challenging to think about other right answers. And so I'm working on that too as I mature in my career and in my personal growth. Gallup says that command is not frightened by confrontation. So many people fear if you were to coach someone who has to make a confrontation, you know, there's listeners out there who want to confront someone. Tell us from your lens, how do you see confrontation? When you have something to share with somebody that you feel like is going to be received negatively, it's important to gauge early what you think the other person's response is going to be and guide your conversation that way. So if you're going to share with somebody something that you don't like about them and they don't want to hear it, if they're not in a place to hear you, there's really no space for you to be, you know, using your emotional capital in that moment. So being cognizant of what the other person is willing to hear at that moment. Makes so much sense. Then it's the information sharing. So ensuring that that's done compassionately and you know, in bite-sized chunks. So mm-hmm. it has to be actionable. Mm. And being able to have that conversation with yourself beforehand to know what you're actually hoping for when you walk into that room. Are you hoping for that person to know you really hate them? Because that's probably not a great goal unless you're out the door. Or are you hoping to elicit change from that person? And how can you best do that? And then the last step is responding to the emotion. So a lot of times when people confront, they just keep on going. And you have to, again, check your audience. And if if they're already upset, they stop listening to you. So again, you know, use your emotional capital wisely. And if your conversation mate has already shut down, you can go ahead and be quiet. Mm. You can save your energy. So taking that moment to respond to their emotion and what they're thinking, and you can call it out, like, looks like I made you sad. You seem angry. Giving them that opportunity to be like, yeah, well, that was really hurtful. Like, I thought you liked me for this last five years, and little did I know you've just been having a list of anti-me things. This is great framework, Allison, for me to think about. You know, I have input in my top five strengths, so mm-hmm. I love having a tool, mm-hmm. a list, mm-hmm. a framework to think about how to model something or run something, a conversation mm-hmm. through it. So that's really good. Command has sensing abilities. When you're in confrontation, do you sense other people's disposition, emotions, do you sense it? Not like empathy would sense it, right? Where they might take on and feel the emotion, but can you sense if you've intimidated someone? I oversense. So I'll walk out of a situation and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, they felt this way, they felt this way, they felt that way. And the person that sometimes I'll feedback with somebody else, they'll be like, really? I thought everybody just seemed fine. And you're like, oh, wow, that must be a nice head to live in where you think everything's fine. (laughs) That's funny because that's typically my head Mm because empathy number 34, half the time I walk out of the room and I'm excited by an idea and I have no idea where anybody else is feeling because I was in my head about the idea. (laughs) I'm that person, Allison. Go cry in the corner by yourself. (laughs) Don't care. (laughs) That's right. No, I do. 
since command is so rare, there's a lot of people who are walking around that have command and their lesser talents. Mm-hmm. I am one of them. Mm-hmm. So help me with some tips or advice that maybe would help me increase my presence in a workplace. I really like Amy Cuddy's book about presence. Mm-hmm. She talks about doing a power pose. Mm. And so you you raise up your arms. We're doing it now. Mm-hmm. Um, we are. I'm stretching it. it and supposedly great. it like releases some sort of endorphins that make you feel more powerful. So she recommends doing it like before an interview or before anything that's kind of going to make you nervous or kind of make you tend towards, you know, when we kind of huddle yes. into ourselves and shrug our shoulders and kind of want to give ourselves a hug that – it's the opposite. So kind of like make yourself bigger. So the power pose is like make stretch your arms out above your head. Like That's right. X, like make the X. And then That's I, right. I'm sure if we were standing, we would put our legs out and really fill the space around us. Fill your space. Take your space. And I okay. think that's something that women are often scared to do because we think, oh, we need to be small. We need to be quiet. It means our voices aren't heard a lot of times. So it's important that we claim our space and our okay that we deserve to have that space. How would I communicate presence? My favorite tricks is to be quiet until you know the audience. A lot of people know I'm a chatterbox. I am a chatterbox. And so people are people are surprised when I'll get into meeting rooms and I'll be very quiet until I know the room. And then once I know the room, again knowing that what you say is going to be impactful and actionable. So the first words out of your mouth are something that people are like, oh, good. That's what we were waiting to hear as opposed to like, wow, she's just been silent thinking about our grocery list this whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Many times we might disempower ourselves by speaking up in a meeting and saying, this might be a stupid idea, but or I think we should go Mm -hmm. with this, but I'll do whatever you want to do. Does command do that? No. And language is so important. And I think when you talk about presence, language is your best friend and choosing your words carefully, having no caveats before you start to talk is important. Right there. No caveats before you start to talk. What do you mean by that? So a caveat, just kind of saying like, I'm not an expert in this or... Just saying something that's going to discount what you say. I think people do that with the idea that if people do end up knocking down the idea that they felt safe because it was already couched in like, yes, 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 it's totally a discountable idea. Either way, you're throwing yourself out there with your idea. So just throw yourself out there. You helped me right now just see that we, when we do that, when I say, well, this might be a silly idea mm-hmm. i'm just giving them a safe space to to knock it down right just go out there with the idea exactly and that's presence in a room and the confidence to have it fall flat and sometimes it does and then that's awesome because then you're like wow the worst happened and i'm still fine <laughs> yes i didn't die no one exactly. died it's going to be okay and they'll been to my will later. And they'll bend to my will later, Miss Command. Well, see, that is one also thing from Command. I know that when Command gets into conflict, mm-hmm. that it's not emotional. We can actually walk out of the room and still be friends. That's right. Because there's no emotion coming 
in this. Let's just talk about these ideas. Let's contradict each other. Let's, you know, argue it out or whatever it has to be, whatever it looks like. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing emotional about it with command. And interpersonally, that's probably challenging because most people do bring emotion to it. So it can kind of seem cold. At the same time, I think that's how we provide benefit in conversations is that we're able to see through the emotion and come to a decision that makes perfect sense. Well, perfect to me because I'm in command. (laughs) Well, those of us who are strengths finder junkies, this is where it helps to know this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because I know that if you and I are having a conflict, I still can go, well, Allison's still my friend. Right. Right? Because she's got command. And while I may be turned off by, wow, you really stick to the facts. Mm -hmm. And maybe these facts, you know, um, aren't exactly how I'm seeing it. But mm-hmm. then, so in that way, I might be hurt by like, well, you're not really hearing my emotion. Right. And my emotional needs. At the same time, I know like, well, there's no emotion. We're going to be friends after this when it happens anyway. We can have this conversation. And I promise you, my love is unconditional and it's unrelated. I can still battle it out. And then at the end, we just go back to who we were. Not a fight, just a verbal battle of wit right. and then we can and getting the best answers and go get ice cream and the best efficiencies right exactly efficiency allison this is so good do you have a story of when your command was misperceived i think of a time when i was in kindergarten but of course it was much later that i heard the story and it turns out i had ridden the bus with somebody every single day for the entire year of kindergarten. So we were five years old. And she said, yes, every day I would walk in behind you. And I was like, well, why didn't you just walk with me? I'm a very friendly person and I'm always open to new people and new experiences. And she was like, you just, you had this presence that I didn't feel, I didn't feel comfortable. And I, you know, didn't feel like I could walk into that. And I was I was a little bit sad and shocked at the same time to think, have I been missing out on friends that have just been thinking that like I'm here closing off on on others mm. and that maybe I'm too present. <laughs> <laughs> You're powerful. You must have had the power walk going into Right. <laughs> I know at five. <laughs> that's unusual. I did not I did not think I had that. But I would say from what I've learned is that that still can happen today, that people who don't know you as mm-hmm. well, but they have they, – they could be in your presence, mm-hmm. right, and or hearing you commanding something or, or speaking very – speaking truth very boldly, mm-hmm. that that can sometimes intimidate. I don't know if intimidate is the right word, what that little girl was feeling with mm-hmm. you, but I know in the workplace sometimes it can be intimidating. Emily, are you out there? Were you intimidated? No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Let us know. Email me at obeyyourstrengths.com. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when I think about intimidation, I always find it very gendered because I feel like men will always be thought of as, as that's a strength and whereas women, that'll be thought of as that's a negative, right? that you're intimidating people so they can't come to you or they can't share their ideas with you. And that obviously isn't a good leader if you have somebody that, you know, is closed off to everything else. And I think reframing the intimidation as, as presence is important. Presence 
can be intimidating only if you don't have the self-esteem to woman up, man up on the other side. Right. And so turning it around and being like, well, that's a you issue. That's not a me issue. I'm who I am, and I come with that. If you're not going to bring your A game, then just go home. (laughs) I wish that I could work with you more often. Women rock. Women rule. Women rock. Chicks with command. (laughs) Chicks with command. Command. That's true. (laughs) Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast series. Thank you, Kathy. It was fun. Obey Your Strengths is produced by Geek Day Media in association with Game Day Media Enterprises. Executive produced by Lorenzo Gomez, John Garcia, and Michael Largent. To learn more about Kathy Kirsten, visit her website, kathykirsten.com. That's K-A-T-H-Y-K-E-R-S-T-E-N.com.